This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. For more audiobooks and other content, please visit reconstructionistradio.com. Book title: Church Shift. Author: Sunday Adelijah. Published by Charisma House. Copyright: 2008. Narrated by Jason Garwood. Chapter 10: Imposing the Kingdom on the Culture. In Ukraine, we have relied on three practical principles that have given our efforts great effectiveness. These basic principles can transform you and every believer into a kingdom powerhouse. Teach His Principles In five years, two million people have come to Christ at the altar of our church. We thank God that we are being used to win the lost. But the truly amazing thing is that this has not taken place through evangelism, crusades, or traditional methods of sharing the gospel. Rather, people have come to the church and come to Christ because of the example of many thousands of Christians putting kingdom principles to work outside of the church. The heart of our discovery is that you don't need to promote religion or church for people to want to come to Christ. Rather, kingdom principles will draw people. You don't even have to mention anything spiritual or religious. In fact, it's sometimes better not to. When you take God's principles into society, they simply work. They draw attention, and people begin to inspect who you are, what motivates you, and what is the philosophy behind your work. Then they discover the kingdom within you, and they become convinced of its truth because they've seen it in action. Here's how it worked with us. The very first program we launched in our church was aimed at helping drug addicts, alcoholics, and the homeless. To get our message into secular venues like public schools, hospitals, and government institutions, we decided to present it in a way to emphasize the principles, not the God behind the principles. We knew the government would never let us into schools if we were waving our Bibles and calling on the name of Jesus. So a woman who was rescued from years of drug addiction and prostitution analyzed the problems of addiction and prostitution, and wrote a curriculum based on kingdom principles without expressly mentioning God. Public schools allowed her in to share her personal story and to tell students how to avoid falling into such awful traps. She did not preach. She simply taught kingdom principles like integrity, respect, honesty, and so on. The presentation was so successful that schools invited her back many times and she began to write other programs aimed at helping students withstand peer pressure and abstain from premarital sex. From a church perspective, you might say she was teaching holiness in the public schools. But the schools saw it as teaching integrity and respect for fellow human beings. Fine. She was willing to come from their perspective so she could introduce kingdom principles into a setting where a church would never be welcome. This one woman, the former drug addict and prostitute, has since come up with 30 or so programs that have been adopted by public school systems and the Ministry of Education. Students prefer to attend her presentations instead of going to class. Every week, this person who never finished high school reaches more people than all the churches in our city put together. We saw through her experience that principles unite, but religiosity divides. If I come asking to share about Christ, they won't let me in. But if I say I can help your students be less violent, they welcome me. This is in no way denying God. God is only committed to His Word, which holds His principles. He is not committed to religion or to our particular expression of it. See Psalm 138, verse 2. 
For that reason, it's far better to emphasize the integrity of God's kingdom principles and patterns rather than the spirituality of your particular Christian experience. As great as experiences and rituals and manifestations of the Holy Spirit are in our walk with Christ, God has exalted his principles above them. You don't need to bring prayer to schools. You don't need to lay hands on people and pray for them. You don't need to hand out leaflets inviting people to youth group meetings or evangelistic crusades. You can bring kingdom principles to the public sphere in a secular package and receive a far wider hearing. When students stop being violent and stop having children as teenagers, the schools will clamor to have you back. Create Models One of the main activities in our church is the creation of these kinds of programs for societal problems. I often ask for a show of hands during our church services from people who are concerned or knowledgeable about different problems facing our country. People raise their hands and I ask them to form a committee on the spot. They meet later, write a program, and put it to work. If it's a program to help the jobless, they go to where the jobless are. If it's to help high school students, they go to the high schools. They take the knowledge they have from experience or training and combine it with knowledge of kingdom principles to come up with dynamic solutions. Then they try out the program or presentation in a limited venue to give it a trial run. The success of that trial run becomes a source of boldness to present it to the whole nation. Their small program blooms into a movement that offers a proven solution to a problem. Along the way, they register as an organization or charity and become more established and recognized. They gradually become a social force. Soon they are lobbying for kingdom principles in a bigger way than they probably imagined when they first teamed up. Because they are alleviating common social problems, their program receives praise and renown even among non-Christians. Our members have now started 3,000 non-government organizations. People in our church have written programs to address smoking, teenage pregnancy, drinking, and much more. Each program helps people to be restored to normal society. At our feeding centers, we have lawyers who help people straighten out their documents of citizenship if they are not in order. This establishes them in normal society often for the first time. If they need physical rehabilitation or medical help, we guide them to the right places. People know that every hopeless situation is addressed in our church. For example, our people have started a program to help street children. This has rehabilitated 500 children in its first decade, returning some to their families. Our Healthy Lifestyles program, which is taught to students in Kiev high schools, teaches young people to discover their purpose and to live responsibly. The program involves parents and teachers as well, promoting a complete solution. Having organizations that serve society is one of the main reasons our church has grown so quickly. God has given us an exalted position in our country. Though the government for years tried to poison people's minds against us, we have won the battle because most people in the country now have friends or relatives who have been helped by people from our church. Their personal experience trumps the rumors and lies and strengthens our position in society. The reformation we are experiencing in Ukraine couldn't have been possible without the creation of social organizations founded by Christians. Such organizations give God room to move in the society without giving the government opportunity to clamp down on the church. The government cannot speak against what we are doing because the programs are secular in their approach 
though they are, in fact, based solidly on kingdom principles. As you begin to think of what you might do to change society, remember that God is the solution, but it's okay to present the solution in the way you are allowed, which means emphasizing the principles, not spirituality. You are God's representative. Just by being in a place, God is there. You have the anointing and the kingdom answers. Bring it to people in a way you are allowed to. Don't deny them kingdom answers just because you can't speak the name of Jesus. Eventually, kingdom principles will dethrone the kingdom of darkness, like the mustard plant that crowds out other plants. But every big goal starts out small. You start by doing what you can. Give it time to spread simply and naturally through you. By creating models for solving social problems, you inspire others to do the same. Today in our church, people own social problems. We identify with our nation as Moses did. We take personal responsibility for its ills. For example, Ukraine has a drug problem. Our people no longer see it as a government problem, but as our problem. These are our brothers and sisters who are suffering. It is our nation that is paying the price. We are the salt of the earth. If we don't solve the problem, it won't get solved. This is true of the homeless problem, corruption, violence, pornography, and much more. Instead of bemoaning the state of our nation, we take responsibility, create programs, register organizations, and start a movement. We are bold enough to believe we are the answer to every problem. That is our evangelism. As a side effect of our efforts, people follow us to church to find the source of our answers. There they find the total solution to their total problem when they meet Jesus and begin living for him. Our people have also moved into the political realm because they know that legislation sets the tone and standard for a nation. People from our church lobby the parliament more than any single church. They promote laws against things like public advertisements of pornography, smoking, and drinking. Ukraine is in a particularly important historical moment. When communism fell, it turned every vice loose in our country. Everybody wanted to try everything that had been banned before. It was difficult to preach to people. After years of living under the thumb of Moscow, they didn't want any more restrictions. But that is changing, and people are recognizing the need for boundaries in behavior. Today, members of our church have indirectly written 140 bills for Parliament, including a recent law limiting pornography. The church needs to use the power it has. God is dissatisfied with our church-minded approach. He created everything, and he wants his principles to rule everywhere. That is your assignment. If you feel called to, say, help homeless people, but don't have the guts to start a program yourself, go serve in another man's organization. But in any case, do it. Own the problem and own the solution. Creating social organizations and becoming a force in society has another helpful side effect. It protects you from government harassment. Ukraine's governments tried to shut down our church in the past, but when we began owning social problems and providing solutions, it made it much more difficult for them to come against us. Suddenly, our people were popping up everywhere, in parliament, in public schools, at homeless shelters, in business. When believers occupy every sphere of life, the government can't do much. So by promoting kingdom principles, we also keep our foot in the door of power, lest the door close. And doors do close unexpectedly. If you don't keep flexing your muscle, you may get pushed back. 
I'm convinced that Christians worldwide occupy less than 1% of the positions in society that God has called us to. I was in the United States recently, and during a break in my schedule, I was watching Dr. Phil, Montel Williams, and Oprah. I wondered, are those talk show hosts occupying what should be Christian assignments? These shows raise important topics and stir people up. But Christians have answers. We are kingdom people. We know how this earth is supposed to work. We can bring people to the light. We bring problems to the surface in order to bring truth to bear on it. Some people are building their own empires and bank accounts on the backs of people's problems, but they offer nothing in return. Because Christians have abandoned valid areas of societal concerns, others rush in. We need to see every position of influence in society as a Christian assignment. We must be more creative, more innovative, more excellent than anyone else. That leads me to the next practical principle of success. Organize. Every little idea or inspiration can grow into something big if you know how to care for it. It depends heavily on your organizational skill and your ability to pay attention to small things. Let me point out how Jesus operated. Quote, Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. End quote. John 6, 10-14 Jesus performed a great miracle and fed 5,000 people with two small fish and five loaves of bread. As soon as he'd finished feeding the people, he drew the disciples' attention to the fragments of bread and fish that were left over. Gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost, he told them. But why? Why be concerned about the remaining nubs of food when he could have worked another miracle to create an even larger feast? I believe Jesus was revealing an aspect of the nature of God to us. God is organized, and he pays attention to small things. Many people lock their attention onto the big vision and forget that a big vision only comes to pass through faithfulness with small things. They neglect organization for the thrill of brainstorming and vision casting. God is able to make your ideas successful at this very minute, but you would not sustain that success without an effective system of administration, structure, management, and organization. Jesus knew this. That's why he sent the disciples out to gather everything that had been left over after the meal. Jesus was indicating that nothing is to be wasted. Even the way he managed the miracle in the first place shows us God's nature. When he wanted to feed the people, he told them to sit down in an orderly way. Without structure, management, and organization, no miracle will bear lasting fruit. God tells us something seemingly contradictory in Proverbs 13.23. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is, that is, destroyed for want of judgment. End quote. This seems like a contradiction. How can there be rich harvest and the person is still poor? The fact is, God gives a lot, even to the poor. But people remain poor when they manage it poorly. 
Some people have amazing ideas and wonderful plans, but their lack of organization dooms their effectiveness. They never get past the idea stage. In the first year of our existence as a church, we had a financial problem. Our annual income was $2,000, but we needed $5,000 just to pay for the building we were renting. I cried out to God, asking Him to meet our need, and God answered, The problem is not that you haven't got any fat offerings. Rather, start being careful with every cent you have. Check your petty expenditure account and keep it under control. I became much stricter and more meticulous about how we spent our church money. That lesson prepared us for greater effectiveness. Some false religious organizations find success not through the truth of their message, but because of their organizational skills. I can think of several cults that manage their resources so effectively that they are growing faster than most denominations. There is a so-called church in Kiev that attracts mostly young people. This church denies some key biblical tenets, but it continues to grow because it has a well-thought-out organization. I was ignorant of the importance of organization when I first became a pastor. I thought that to be successful, I just had to have an anointing and a powerful word, and to know how to pray and preach well. I reckoned that if I had all that, I could be a successful minister. But now I know better. At least half of any organization's success comes from being well-organized. You won't be effective in any endeavor unless you also have a well-thought-out structure. At one point in the early life of our church, at least 30,000 people had made a decision for the Lord. But afterward, many of them went back into the world again. We blame this on the difficulties we had with finding a building that was large enough to accommodate our Sunday services. But I came to see that that wasn't the real reason. Our lack of organizational structure was to blame. It shattered me that 30,000 people had made decisions for the Lord in our church, and yet we had not been able to keep them. The deficiency was in me. When I discovered that I was unable to organize and lead the church properly, I called our pastors together and shared this problem with them. I started working to become a better manager by reading books about organization and management. I invited a businessman to our church council meeting to offer suggestions about organizing a system and creating structures. Since that time, we have become much more organized, and I believe that has been a key in our effectiveness. God cannot build on a sloppy structure. Your great ideas for advancing God's kingdom will flounder on the shores of disorganization unless you become a master manager of resources and people. If you have more inspiration than organization, do as I did. Seek out the knowledge in people who will help to make your ideas successful. The programs that have been most effective in the world have been led by organized people. Follow Jesus' example. Manage your miracles well. Let nothing be lost. Pay special attention to small things because they are the building blocks of bigger things. As I mentioned earlier, my study of sociology, anthropology, and psychology have taught me that every modern society can be divided into seven spheres of influence. Number one, spiritual, social. Two, government, politics. Three, business, economy. Four, education. Five, media. Six, culture, entertainment. Seven, sports. 
If we infiltrate all these spheres of influence and their hundreds of subdivisions, we will have brought the kingdom lifestyle to a whole nation. So in Ukraine, all our teaching and training in church are directed at helping every believer to identify and adopt a particular area of influence according to his or her passion until that sphere of life is totally permeated with the principles of the kingdom of God. The only reason they come to church is to be further imbued with the nature of God, so as to bring it to bear on their sphere of influence. They come to be trained in principles and values of the kingdom they will use to change their world from Monday to Friday. It's never too late to do your part in impacting your sphere of influence through the application of kingdom principles. The kingdom of God comes not primarily through preaching, which is just a means of training and preparation. The kingdom comes to others through your passion and gifting. Teach his principles, create models, and be organized. I can almost assure you that as you do, your effectiveness will increase a hundredfold and more. Kingdom Principles from Chapter 10 Number 1. Principles unite, but religiosity divides. It is far better to emphasize the integrity of God's kingdom principles and patterns rather than the spirituality of your particular Christian experience. Number 2. You can bring kingdom principles to the public sphere in a secular package and receive a far wider hearing. Number 3. Eventually, kingdom principles will dethrone the kingdom of darkness, like the mustard plant that crowds out other plants. Number 4. By creating models for solving problems, you inspire others to do the same. Instead of bemoaning the state of our nation, we take responsibility, create programs, register organizations, and start a movement. Number five, when believers occupy every sphere of life, the government can't do much. By promoting kingdom principles, we also keep our foot in the door of power, lest the door close. Number six, God is organized and he pays attention to small things. Without structure, management, and organization, no miracle will bear lasting fruit. The programs that have been most effective in the world have been led by organized people. Number seven, the kingdom comes to others through your passion and gifting.